Showtime. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, we all kind of, yeah, everyone doing okay. Oh, we've had some sunshine. We're relaxed. Yeah, good. Let's settle in and let's hear God's word today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be able to be here um, and to be able to, yeah, carry on our next part of Mark. Um, so, if you have your Bibles on you um, digitally, uh, hard copies on paper, if you've got it up here, turn to Mark chapter 1. Um, we're going to be reading from verses 40 to 45 today. Um, and just, yeah, picking up from where we left off last time. I'll give you a couple of seconds. I'm going to be reading from the ESV version. And um, this, this passage might have a title in your Bible, something like, Jesus cleanses a leper. So, and a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Amen. So, um, yeah, I, I was, just from worship today, um, it was really, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying that more than anything, that everything is about Jesus. And obviously we know that, um, but I feel like he wants us to really, really know that, if you know what I mean. And to really camp around that. And actually, we can be so distracted and moved in our day-to-day -day lives into thinking about things that aren't Jesus. But really, we need to be centered entirely on Jesus. Um, and the Gospel of Mark is centered entirely on Jesus. He wants to tell us about Jesus and what Jesus is doing at every moment, really. And he has been zooming through, <laughs> as we've touched on lots of times. Um, and the second that Jesus has come out of the wilderness, Jesus is busy, he's doing things, he's healing, he's straight to work. And that's what we've you know, been enjoying you know, in, in the verses that we've read previously and that's what we're gonna be looking at as well today. Um, if you look at a few verses earlier on, in verse 34, you'll see um, that Mark talks about Jesus healing various diseases. So the fact that Jesus is out there and healing, he, Mark's already spoken about. So to me, it kind of seems, um, Pertinent that he, he out, that he takes out this particular miracle and focus on, focuses on it rather than lumping it in with the various diseases. And so I, I hope that as we study and we look at these verses today, it will become clear to us why this particular miracle um, is highlighted by Mark and moreover highlighted by the Holy Spirit, you know, who inspires scripture, inspires the Bible that we're reading. Um, and this miracle is so important. It's in your Bible three times. It's in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. So there's something really, really important that God wants us to know and learn and understand that will enrich our walk as Christians from this particular miracle. So, um, yeah, as, uh, as Dave prayed earlier, I, I really hope that the Holy Spirit can speak through me today to you so that we can understand what is so important about this particular miracle. 
Um, and I think that, um, oh, I've lost my notes there, sorry. <laughs> and um, I think before we jump into the miracle itself, um, to get the most out of this, I think it's important that we actually focus, first of all, on the leper. Because um, I think, or maybe it's just me, I, 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 when, I, when, I, when I'm telling a story, I tend to put myself into the, uh, make myself the hero of the story. Um, but actually, in this story, we have maybe a little, well, a lot more in common with the leper than we do with Jesus. So we're going to focus on the leper and leprosy, first of all. And then I, th- I think that will help us to be able to drag a little bit more out of this. So being in Codsall, being in the black country, 2021, it's really quite hard to put yourself into the mind of a Middle Eastern leper in the first century. Um, but I want you to try as best as you can this afternoon, okay? There are a number of reasons why that is a little bit difficult, I, I will admit. Um, I mean, probably one of the biggest ones, though, is just the fact that actually um, probably none of us have ever seen a leper or known what leprosy actually is. Um, and that, that makes it a little bit tricky. Um, and for those of us that don't know, um, leprosy is a condition caused by a bug um, that initially um, infects the skin and damages the skin uh, and the nerves particularly underneath the skin and causes the skin to be discolored. Um, It can take several years um, for it to cause symptoms. When it does, the symptoms are absolutely devastating. Um, uh, People that suffer from leprosy can lose sight, limbs, um, they suffer separately to that. Um, Fevers, illnesses that drag them into hospital, And this has been the case for millennia, which is why it's in your Bible. But sadly, it's also the case today as well, where there are still thousands, if not millions of people affected by leprosy today. But as I've touched on with leprosy, for for us being like almost, um, I mean, even as I'm saying it, I'm asking you to imagine what it's like, aren't I? (laughs) Really, it's, it's quite an abstract condition. And so when we read these verses in the Bible, sometimes it can be really easy to read them in a superficial way. And you can almost read these five verses in terms of somebody was sick and Jesus healed them, um, which is true. But there's something specific about leprosy um, that I think holds great spiritual value in this particular miracle. Uh, and to, to help us try and understand that, understand that there are a couple of um, aspects of leprosy that I want to focus on um, for us to be able to try and understand as I've touched on already, what is so different about this particular miracle. So one of the key things about leprosy is that leprosy is due to a lack of, uh, of pain. Um, m- most of the damage in leprosy itself is not caused by the bug that caused the infection. It's caused by its effect upon your ability to um, sense when you are in pain. Um, so, for example, if you are you know, walking down the street and a piece of glass goes into your foot, you go, ow, ouch, and you take it out. For somebody suffering from leprosy, that, does, that process doesn't happen. That, they, that, that broken glass stays in their foot and it, causes them to, it becomes infected without them realizing. Their foot becomes infected. And you can tell the, the, the passage that that goes and that eventually a small thing like a piece of glass being in your foot can become a life-threatening situation. Or otherwise, you might, they, they might be cooking, they might pick up a, a, um, a hot plate and where you and I might jump back a couple of yards and go, ouch, that really hurt. That doesn't happen with them. They're, they're burnt, their hands are damaged. And, so, and, and, and this is the difficulty for the person suffering from leprosy. They fail to realize the damage. 
I mean, as, as many as a third of people um, with leprosy will go blind simply because the, the sensors in your eyes that tell you to blink fail to work. And so they lose their sight. Um, so some of you might have heard of a writer called Philip Yancey. He's a Christian journalist, for those of you that, haven't, that don't know, sorry. He's written several books relating to pain and suffering. And, and, and most of these books actually are based on um, his experiences traveling around um, India, primarily with a doctor named Dr. Paul Brand, um, who um, was a, uh, a, a surgeon who really dedicated his life to uh, looking after leprosy patients, particularly in India. Um, and what he, um, he wrote um, a book called The Gift of Pain. And in this book, Dr. Paul Brand says this, thank God for pain. If there was one gift that I could give to my leprosy patients, it would be the gift of pain. And that, that sentence immediately, and hopefully to you, <laughs> strikes you as odd. Because how often do we thank God for pain? I think almost nobody <laughs> wakes up in the morning and when you're doing your morning prayers, oh, thank God that my back hurts. Holy, Holy Spirit, just thank you for my knees that are creaking right now. Nobody says that. Yeah, <laughs> that, Nobody says that. But that there is something really important about pain. We don't see it as a gift. Um, but... Life without pain, we can see in the life of a leper, has devastating consequences. Life without feeling has devastating con consequences. For, the, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a GP. That's my normal day-to-day -day job. Um, and sadly, as part of my job, I might sometimes have to confirm whether somebody is alive or dead. When so I get called to see somebody, whether, whether when we think they've passed away. And... I, I do a number of different checks to check whether somebody is alive. Um, and one of the key things that I will do is check whether they are able to feel pain. And if they're not able to feel pain, that counts as evidence to me that they are not alive. Um, and that adds to my decision-making in deciding, oh, actually, no, there, there is no longer life in this person. As, as far as this earth is concerned, the capacity to be able to feel pain is intrinsic to life. Where there isn't the ability to be able to feel pain, there is not life. And where there isn't life, there is not hope. Um, dead people can't hope, cannot plan for the future. Um, this is the situation for this leper in Mark chapter one. He, he is unable to feel. Um, he lacks hope. Leprosy in 2021 is a medic is a treatment is a treatable condition. It absolutely wasn't in first century Judea. This man lacked hope. He was alive, but not in any true sense of the word. Um, and there is there is a lot that we can relate to and parallels that we can draw. If you look at the world around you, there are lots of people that yeah, clearly are alive. We can see them, they're living, they're moving, they're breathing. But in a true sense, in a spiritual sense, they aren't. They, they lack hope. 
that just like the leper that cannot feel anything, they are desperate to stop feeling, to stop feeling the pain and di- discomfort that um, comes with, the, with life in this world. And they do what they can to try and stop feeling, whether that is drinking, whether that is sex, whether it's food, whether it's TV, doing what they can to stop feeling and to shut out life's experiences because there isn't a way, they don't have a grid, a way to process the pain, discomfort and suffering that is intrinsic to life on this earth. Thank God for Jesus because Jesus turns the whole thing on its head. He has come so that we can have life and life to the full. A full experience of life. Um, when you have Jesus, you live life physically, but also spiritually. You can come, when you place your faith in Jesus, you are able to place the pain and difficulties of this life into their proper context. So that instead of hiding away and trying to numb the discomfort that accompanies this life, we stand in a position where that pain doesn't crush us because we can look at Jesus and see a savior, a God who has cried like we cry, who has experienced loss like we have, loss of a loved one like we have, and has experienced on that cross a pain and suffering that we cannot even begin to comprehend but he came out the other side he rose again he and he lives in glory and so through that through placing our belief in him we know that in the same way we can experience pain and suffering but in hope and trust in him we can emerge on the other side victorious and in glory and that is his promise to each and every one that places faith in him that is the promise that we can live by that is the promise that we are called as Christians that enables us as Christians to put our pain and suffering and difficulty into their proper context through what Jesus Christ has done we do not have to live in fear of pain and suffering any longer We don't have to live in fear of pain or death any longer because he gives us hope. He gives us a future and we see that through his resurrection we have hope and a future. Psalm 119 verse 75 says this. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. We see in that verse that not only do we not have to fear pain, we know that God can even use pain to achieve his purposes. And actually, he can use pain as a demonstration of his love and faithfulness to us. That is the position of a Christian, in that we don't fear pain, but we understand that we have a God who loves us, who cares for us, who is faithful to us, who has made us promises now and for the future that mean that we don't have to sit sit scared, uh, that we don't have to worry in, in the face of the pain that we experience. And I know that what I'm saying 
is really easy to say, to be honest, and very difficult to live by. Very difficult to live by. Um, when we are going through difficult periods in life, um, when we are experiencing suffering, it's really, really hard to say that, God, I know that you are faithful in this. But the truth is, the way that we can acknowledge and live by this is by approaching God in the same way that the leper approaches Jesus in this passage. The leper approaches Jesus on his knees in complete humility, in complete submission and understanding that Jesus is master, that Jesus has control over his destiny and that it is Jesus' will that oversees all. And in the same way, we need to approach God with humility, with humble, knowing that he is in control, knowing that his will ultimately will be done. And he has laid out his will in scripture, which is for us to join him in glory. And take comfort in that. Read his word. And, and as I say, take comfort in that. Anchor your experiences. Grid your pain and suffering in the right way, which is on his scripture and on his promises. But just to look at another aspect of leprosy now. Um, not only is leprosy due to a lack of pain, it, perhaps worse still, it is socially excluding. The stigma related to the disease of leprosy um, has such an awful impact on the, life of the lives of people that suffer from this illness. Um, even here and now, today, in countries where people suffer from this, they can lose their jobs, they can be separated from their family, and this was especially true a couple of thousand years ago for this leper at this, at this time. Um, we, we can get an insight into um, the ordeals of people suffering from leprosy in the first century by looking at historical texts. Um, in that, we see that um, the rabbis, which are the Jewish teachers of those days, if they saw a leper, they would walk past. They wouldn't even greet them or say hello. In fact, they would pick up stones and throw them at the lepers just to make sure that the lepers stayed at a distance. Um, that was how much they were hated at that time. Um, I mean, a certain degree of exclusion is, was actually was determined by, um, by Scripture, really, by the Mosaic law. Um, if you're able to turn quickly to Leviticus chapter 13, 45 to 46, you'll be able to see that this, what, what was um, laid out in the law in terms of what leprous people had to do. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having an illness and having to step out from your family, out of your house, and walk down the road, and if you saw anybody, shout, unclean and how unclean you were um, imagine getting chicken pox you know and having to shout unclean unclean right the way down Wolverhampton Road um, as you exited the city can you think of many things more excluding than that 
or many things more painful than that, to be separated from your family and friends, bearing in mind that this is not an illness like chickenpox, which gets better after a few days. This is an illness that in those days had no cure. So you're walking away from your family and friends, shouting unclean, knowing that actually on all likelihood, you are probably not going to see your loved ones again. And then the only people that you have for company are other lepers. Um, can you imagine the stories that they would have shared? Do you think that that company would be happy company? You know, it, it would be incredibly depressing to hear stories of other people who have lost everything. All, everybody together telling stories about how they are on the outside and how they've been pushed out. Um, sadly, the concept of the social outcast is not consigned to the history books. And, you know, okay, yeah, we, 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 we have modern medicine, we have cures for things like leprosy, but there are still so many people that we live, that we leave, sorry, on the outside. Um, whether that's due to the color of their skin, their, their gender, their social class, whatever you want to call it, we leave so many people still on the outside. But what we see in this passage, what should be an encouragement to each and every one of us, an encouragement that only comes through Jesus Christ, is that the gospel brings hope. Jesus brings hope. Not hope in a flimsy way like, oh, I hope Man United win the game later on today. <laughs> but real, true hope. In a way, that, a way that is solid. A way that is not dependent on our whims and weaknesses. A real, true hope. And the hope that comes with Jesus Christ um, brings in and ushers in his kingdom with his principles about how life should be lived. And, and that's what we see right from the beginning of Mark, um, the entrance of his kingdom. Um, and a kingdom where entry is not based on um, characteristics about whether somebody is clean or not clean, um, or their physical appearance, but moreover, it's based on one thing only. One thing only, which is Jesus Christ. His identity and belief in who he is. That is the entry, that, 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 those are the conditions of entry into his kingdom and his community. That is the community that Jesus Christ is building through his church and that he's calling each and every one of us to. You see, the difference here is that the leper saw this hope. He saw this hope that Jesus Christ brings. And in a way, this is actually the first miracle in this passage um, that this leper that we've pointed out is entirely hopeless. He has no hope for the future. Jesus brings him hope. Um, and Jesus is still in the business of doing that today. He is still in the business of bringing hope to the hopeless. Um, 
We thank you, God, for Jesus, because our, our world lacks hope. Um, I think we can tell that now um, more than any other time. Um, a worldview that lacks Jesus lacks hope. The person that doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in Jesus, has nothing to pin their future on, has nothing to provide purpose in their life, really, when you get to the nub of it, when you really drill it down, there is no purpose if there is a life without Jesus or without God. When they pass away, they pass away into nothingness. So there's no meaning. Jesus provides meaning. Jesus provides purpose. Jesus provides hope. When we look around, we see a culture that is saturated with spiritual lepers. Like I've touched on people that look okay, that look like they're alive, but they're not. Um, and they have no hope of curing themselves, no hope of getting better by themselves. But Jesus brings that hope. He brings that healing. Um, and just like that leper heard that good news of who Jesus was and was able to have hope, Jesus calls on us, his church, to provide that good news, to, to hold up his identity that we have, we have a God that we worship, that can provide hope, can provide you purpose and meaning at this time, that can heal at this time, that can give context to the pain and suffering and moreover promises you um, a life in glory and the relief from that pain and suffering one day. Um, that's what he calls us to do. We are called to draw people now into his kingdom and restore them people that are on the outside, the misfits, the outcasts, we are called as his church to draw them in and to show them that there is hope. That's our name. We're Hope City Church. Yeah, We should be providing that hope. If we're not doing that, let's be doing that. Let's do that in our schools, in our homes, in our offices, on the park, wherever we are, let's provide hope, that hope that is placed firmly in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 41, sorry, of Mark chapter 1 again. I'll read it again for you. It says, Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Or in the, if you're reading from the NIV, it might say, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. We are called to be like Jesus. Jesus isn't repulsed when he sees the leper in the way that everybody else was, where people around were throwing stones and not even seeing him as valuable enough to, to say hello to. Jesus does the opposite. He reaches out. He draws close to the person on the outside. He's moved with pity and compassion for them. He's, he's angry uh, and indignant at the plight of this person. How, how, how often do we feel that passionate for the person on the outside? What, what, what are you moved by when you see the outcasts and misfits of society? When you, when you, when you, when you see the person, the homeless person on the street, do, do, are you moved with pity like Jesus was in verse 41? Or being honest, are you a little bit offended by how they look? Or when you see the alcoholic, are you moved with compassion? Or do you feel, or are you moved with pride 
that you're not like them, that you're a bit better than them? What are you moved by today? You see, what moves us is so important. I very often find myself doing things that to the untrained eye look like good things, being a nice person. But when I look at myself honestly, I can see that actually sometimes I'm not motivated by good things. I'm motivated by self-interest. I'm motivated by pride. I'm motivated by trying to approve, by seeking the approval of other people and the pat on the back, not genuinely trying to do the right thing. Jesus was and is perfect. He's the only person that has ever had pure and clean motives every single time. We can't be his church and be moved by the right things of our own accord. We need his Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit every every minute of every day to be able to be moved by the right things, to be able to achieve the mission that Jesus Christ has set out for us to do. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I love that verse. I, I'm, sure I bring, I'm sure I bring it up probably every other sermon that I do because I, it gives me so much encouragement that it doesn't depend on me. And when I think about a God who promises beyond me, like I've touched on, promises, has laid out his plan in scripture, I know that his purposes can be accomplished without me being perfect. He just wants me to be it might be willing and he will use me with the right motives and be with his Holy Spirit to achieve all that he has set out to do. Um, and the same is true for each and every one of us in this room. And I'm not just talking about being moved with compassion or with pity for the people that are outside of this church. Um, Equally, we should be moved with compassion for one another. Um, when uh, I'm going to, Dr. Paul Brand, who I mentioned earlier, um, this specialist in treating people with leprosy, he said this: "A healthy body is not a body that feels no pain. A healthy body is a body that feels and attends to the pain of the weakest part." And that is so true. You know. When we feel, think about scripture, the Apostle Paul refers to the church as the body of Christ. So if the church is not leprous, if the church has feeling, we should feel the pain of others within the church. Um, I think Graham spoke last week about letting our guard down, letting us, enabling one another to, to see into and peer into our lives so that we can support one another properly. And that is so important because if we don't let our guard down, we're not going to be able to see the pain and suffering and support one another in the way that a healthy body should. Um, yeah, I, 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 lo I love this church and I want it to be a healthy body, a healthy representation of Jesus Christ. And I love 
when I look on the WhatsApp, when I look on the midweek group meetings and how we are sharing and developing relationships with one another, that is so important because as I say, we need to be a healthy representation of Jesus Christ because it's Jesus, because that's the Jesus, that we, we're, we're projecting Jesus' identity out to the world. When I'm talking about those social outcasts and social misfits, um, that are that are outside that don't have anywhere to call home that, that are lacking hope and lacking despair we need to be able to show them that actually a life with Jesus is a life where you are not alone where you are not on the outside where you are part of the body of Christ and actually being on the body of being in the body of Christ is a lot better than being within you know a self-help group you know we're not you know we're not perfect but we have the comfort of Jesus Christ. So let us weave together those relationships. I'm re- like I said, I'm really excited by what God is doing in this church already. Let's let our guard down. Let's, um, let, let's foster those relationships all the more so that we can be healthy for Jesus Christ. Um, finally, at the end of this passage, we see Jesus telling the now healed leper not to tell anybody but the priests about what had happened. This mirrors Jesus' command earlier on in the passage, or earlier on in the chapter, sorry, um, to the demon telling him not to reveal his identity as the Messiah. Um, the, the, the leper and the Jews of this time would have been aware that only God can heal leprosy. Um, and we get clues about this in scripture. Um, so uh, a few I say a little while earlier, a few, several hundred years earlier, um, in the book of Second Kings, you'll see the story of Naaman who was, uh, suffered from leprosy. He was um, uh, a military leader in the army of um, the king of a nation at that time called Aram. Um, and um, he, so he, he came down with leprosy and the king of Aram wrote to the king of Israel asking for his assistance in um, Naaman being healed from leprosy. And this was what the king of Israel had to say. He said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to be cured of his leprosy? He must be trying to pick a fight with me. Essentially what he says, because there's no, nobody can heal of leprosy except God. And so in this, we see why this particular miracle is so important because Mark would have known just like anybody, uh, just like the other, just like the Jews of his, his time, and actually, just like we need to know for today, that this miracle was only possible through God, and that Jesus was and is God. Um, separate to that, though, um, we can just learn another lesson from the example that Jesus Christ sets. Um, when I do a good thing, I'm I'm really happy for everybody to know about it. To be honest, I, I I'm quite happy for you can post it on Facebook. You can you know tell the neighbour. Whoever you want to tell, Bucky's awesome. I'm very happy for you guys to know that. Um, however, you know, thank God <laughs> that he didn't send me to save you guys because we'd really be up there. So I need to be honest, okay? Um, we see Jesus Christ displaying wisdom and humility. Um, and I, I, like, I, I believe that God is going to do a lot of good things through Hope City Church. Um, through the people in this room and those at home um, and, and even those that are away this weekend. I believe he is. But I think he also wants us to keep clear sight on who the source of all the good things is and all the good things that will happen through this church 
is. And um, we're a new church, um, but it's really, really important that the principles that uh, we start with are the principles that we go forward with. And these prin- the principle being following Jesus and his example and following those principles of wisdom and humility in all that we do. Um, and go, like I said, go, go out from this building or from your home or wherever you're listening to this and, and do good things for Jesus Christ. But retain that wisdom and humility at all times. Being a leper in Jesus' time was not dissimilar to being dead, as we've touched on. Certainly not from a ritual, uh, a ritual or ceremonial point of view. Jesus Christ brings life. He brings hope. A hope that is not attached to a vain quest for superficial comforts that come and go, but a real and true hope. His kingdom is one of restoration where all are welcome from every nation, tribe, and tongue. That is his church. And we are privileged, you and I, to play a role in bringing people into his kingdom and showing that love and hope. Lord Jesus, let us display your identity clearly for all to see in all that we do, that your name might be glorified. I just, I, I just want to pray quickly, just before I, I step down and let Graham and, and Dave lead us in worship. Lord Jesus, thank you for the hope that you bring. I just want to pray for those that are in pain at this time that are suffering at this time, be that physically or mentally, those that are finding it difficult at this time, that are finding it hard to comprehend how you can be in their lives, in their situations that they are in. Lord Jesus, I just pray for a fresh revelation and a fresh sight that you are who you say you are, that you are sovereign Lord that you are in control and that every word that you have promised and said over each and every person's lives in this room and at home will come to pass. Let your comfort be felt and your comfort be known in each and every one of those lives right now. And for those that don't know you, that are lacking comfort, that are trying to make sense of the difficult world that we live in, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will bring your crystal and in just the same way that you reached out to that leper and brought restoration and fullness and healing that you will cause those that don't know you to see who you are clearly and that you will reach out and provide restoration and healing today in your mighty name Amen